0: everybody. Welcome to this special joint episode of the Wampus Lair podcast and Podcasts Podcast Network. We're here to talk Ghostbusters Afterlife. I am one of your hosts for this fun adventure, Carl LeClaire, joined by, of course, the creator and host of Thunderquack himself, Mr. Michael Cohen. What's going on, buddy? Hey,
1: oh, dude, I am so excited. I am so excited to talk about Ghostbusters. I... Yeah, man. I, I talked about it a little bit on on the recent episode of of the Thundercrack podcast. Uh, which, which I think actually like for general release will come out after this, but I'll talk about it like, cause I recorded it last night. So, um, the, just a peek behind the podcasting curtain. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's always like nonlinear, uh, uh I, Patre- I, I... Patreon people will be in the right timeline, but, uh, <laughs> uh, the general audience will be like, wait, what? Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't get enough of this movie. I've seen it twice. I said to, I, uh, after the second viewing, I uh, uh, we we went for dinner with my parents because they were watching Cassie when when uh, while Crystal and I took car to go see it, and uh, uh, so we all met up for dinner afterwards. And sitting at dinner, and everybody's eating or whatever, and just like out of nowhere, my brain just like like it was one of those things where like my brain, the thought bypassed my brain and just came right out my mouth, and I just went. I could go watch that movie again right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I could like literally like an hour after having just watched it for the second time within a week, I was just like, let's do it again. Like I, 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 ha- I had so much fun, especially the second time I, uh, with this movie. Um, I, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy. That it's uh, everything that I that I was hoping that it was going to be uh, and that that everything hit for me. So um, so I'm excited to talk about it with you.
0: Like I was excited
1: yeah. to talk about it with Joe, but I know I'm just going to call him out right now.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: he's taking a nap or something. Yeah, I know. Right. Jo-
0: Joe cool. Hogan was supposed to be with us. And alas, he uh, he's had a busy work schedule this week, so. I guess he uh, just couldn't couldn't wake up for it, which which happens to the best of us. You you know,
1: what's funny is that if we were recording at like midnight your time. Yep. He'd be on it. He'd be on for sure. Like, no, no doubt. But because we're recording, we're actually recording recording when the sun is up. Yeah. uh, He's nowhere to be found. So can't make it. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hogan, vampire confirmed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be in Blade, the new Marvel movie. (laughs) <laughs> um as himself um but uh no so, well obviously so joe and i went with a with a couple of other friends joe's uh fiance came with us and the three of us suited up you know we wore our proton packs we wore our jumpsuits to the premiere the the so i went down to staten island that's where joe lives uh and uh the theater we went to the ma- the theater manager as we walked in she had a jumpsuit on too and we we're like oh yeah she was all excited but she comes up to us and she says And I said to Joe beforehand, I was like, you know, they may not let us bring our proton packs in, right? Like every theater is going to have its own rules about this. And I was like, but whatever, if they don't, we'll just go put them back in the trunk, like not the end of the world. So she comes up and she goes, oh, guys, I'm so sorry to, to tell you. And I, I just assumed that's what she was going to say. Right. But she goes, but we we were completely sold out of the Ecto one popcorn tins. I'm like, oh, I don't care that that saves me the temptation of spending the money. So that's all yeah. good. But uh, yeah, she like she took pictures with us, uh, videos for her TikTok page. Like, man, we had a blast at this movie and it was so fun. I mean, there are some things about it that I'm I have some critical questions about and I'm excited to have those. this conversation with you mike because i I love the way you think about movies so i'm excited to get your take on this but overall this movie was a blast and it was you know it was the third movie we've we ghostbuster fans have wanted for so long and i know answer Mm -hmm. the call you know whatever you feel about answer the call the 2016 release um it wasn't the third movie it was never meant to be right it was a reboot it was it was trying to do something new with the franchise and it, it worked for some folks it didn't work for some folks um but this is a you know this was a direct sequel which man like we've been waiting since 1989 <laughs> so i um, mean yeah. the closest we got was the the 2000 and it was either 2006 or 2009 the the video game which was awesome where of course the whole yeah. cast came back to to voice their parts um but yeah let's let's just let's get into this man and we should probably warn people right out at the gate right it, spoilers ahead i, I don't plan oh, on yeah. being spoiler free so if if you've not seen the movie and and want to see it unspoiled please stop listening now and come back uh and and no, i'll, I'll...
1: I'll also add to that, like, don't spoil yourself on this one. Don't like, yeah. I, cause I know that some people have that inclination. I'm like, Oh, I haven't been able to see it yet. So whatever. I'll listen to the podcast. It's not that big of a deal. Don't like go experience this movie because, cause I think that for most people, especially for people who are more casual Ghostbuster fans, it's probably not what you think it is. Right, like, like I think that people, people definitely have like a, a bit of a preconceived notion of of how much the original Ghostbusters are going to be in it, and sort of like the way that it's going to play out. It's n- it's actually not that movie. It's 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 its own thing, and there's a lot of twists and turns in it. And and um, uh, I mean, like, I don't think that there's anything that's that's entirely unpredictable. But but I do think that it deserves to be experienced properly as a movie and not as two guys talking about it after the fact. Right. Um, so, so yeah, just yeah. like if, if you're kind of like hemming and hawing is like, no, just go see it, go see it. It deserves to be seen in the theater. If you can do that safely, uh, you know, uh, social distancing, vaccinations, all that sort of stuff, then, then go see it in the movie theater. Um, because, cause it, just, I, on the biggest screen you can find, if you can see it in IMAX, see it in IMAX, um, because you need like big screen, big sound for this one, because it's yeah. just
0: yeah, it's, it's such
1: a great experience.
0: It definitely is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I, just a quick tangent that that point you just made. So I i never got to the theater to see No Time to Die, the last Bond film. And uh, and I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. And I, you know, I just I didn't get to it. It was out of theater. So I asked a friend. I was like, how does it end? He's like, do you really want to know? And I said, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to see it. So he told me I finally watched it yesterday at home. And even with knowing how it ended, I was still in tears. But I would have been in an even deeper set of tears if I hadn't known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and I, this movie is the same thing. If you, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it again, stop listening because that ending—you will cry. I, I'm yeah. fairly certain, or at least tear up. You know, maybe yeah. you're not a crier, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I was certainly in tears. Joe, Joe and I were like basically holding hands, holding each other as we cried. <laughs> You know, it was, uh, I was glad to be able to be there with him, but uh, dude, let's just, let's get into it. Uh, Where, where do we want to start, Mike? What, what where are we going first? Cause I have, a, uh, I have, a I mean, point.
1: I, yeah, I, th- I think it's good to give a little bit of context, right. Talk a little bit about, about the development of, of the movie. So I, the funny thing about this one, you brought up the 2016 movie and at the time that the 2016 movie came out, i i ghost corpse the the i the company that basically like that sony formed within sony to oversee ghostbusters in 2015 or 2016 i i which was basically like them going like hey we're bringing this stuff back like ghostbusters coming back coming back in a big way um and because they really thought the 2016 movie was going to be bigger than it was i i i mean we all did right um so they're getting ready for this resurgence of it. And they, they create this company and then they came out and said, we, we, we hear the fans. We understand that you guys are like, Hey, this isn't like, like this new one. It's not, it maybe it's not for everybody and that's okay. Cause like you have a, you, you have a connection to the original ghostbusters. Well, we're working on something. We've got a script. That's like going to continue that story. And there's also an animated movie in the works, um, which like we haven't really heard too much about the animated movie, but, but apparently it is still something that's happening. Um, And, but this movie Ghostbusters afterlife is that project in 2016. Jason Reitman wrote the first draft of, of the movie that would become Ghostbusters afterlife, even though the, uh, like they were sort of starting off the, this, uh, this reboot um, by, with, with the, the all female cast and all that. So um, it was always actually kind of like, they were always kind of like hedging their bets of like, why can't we just do both? Which, which I think is actually really cool. Like, I think that that's great. And, and I don't like, I have no problem if they announce tomorrow, Hey, we're going to make a sequel to the 2016 movie, or we're going to do like a TV series or the animated thing is actually going to be a sequel to that. Awesome, because I actually really like all of those actors. And the thing that I said coming out of the 2016 one was, I think the second one will probably be a lot better. Like, I think like now that they've gotten all of the like world building, establishing stuff out of the way, and they can just focus on a story and characters for the next one, it's like I I think that the second one will be a lot better. And then you know we're not going to get a second one, (laughs) but it's like I like I'm fine with it. I'm fine with there being a multiverse of Ghostbusters. I I. I mean, I think I think us hardcore fans have been balancing this since day one with uh, the the 1984 movie and then the real Ghostbusters who and then 1989 happens. Ghostbusters 2 happens and Ghostbusters 2 doesn't acknowledge the cartoon, nor should it like it doesn't need to.
0: And I, I would argue that it's aesthetic does. You know, it de- def-
1: it definitely is influenced by the real Ghostbusters. That's for sure. That like like uh, uh, Ghostbusters Two feels more more spiritually in line with the real Ghostbusters, but it but they it it's not like they they don't talk. I mean they they specifically go out of their way to say that since 1984 they've they're they're basically out of business, right? right? Like the Ghostbusters have broken up, which uh the cartoon had been running that whole time. So um. It's like, like, and, and that's fine. It's like, these can be distinct worlds and we understand that and it's okay. And like, as a, as a, like an eight year old, I understood these things. So definitely as a, as a 36 year old, I can understand it, but
0: yeah, but I do
1: like that, that they, that they did see sort of the value in still maintaining the original storyline if they could continue it. And Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, the director of the original Ghostbusters, I felt like he had a an in on that story like like just like a a way into that story um, yeah which i think is really
0: cool real quick to just kind of further up the the, your your, you know your your instance of the multiverse if you will and apparently multiverse is going to get big soon i feel like thanks to marvel Mm -hmm. but um actually so i i'm currently reading the idw run of the ghostbusters comics which are phenomenally good super fun um and uh i I read all the ones up that my library had and then I could not find the basically like the last full volume. So Joe was kind enough to let me borrow his, his, his hardcover. And I took it home with me. And the, the opening has a letter from Ivan Reitman and it was in 2016. And he talks about how, uh, what the comics have already proven is that we can do these multiverse of Ghostbusters stories, right? Because there's been there was a crossover between the the cartoon Ghostbusters and the movie Ghostbusters in the comic book, and he yeah. said that be be you know be on the lookout for this with the the answer the call crew and the original crew in these crossovers. Yeah. So and and even Jason Reitman, I was reading, I read a whole bunch of interviews with him in the last just 48 hours on all, every periodical I could find, and he he mentioned that as well. Is that you know he loved what Paul Feig did, um, and you know he felt like he said, it's kind of what gave me the, the inspiration to write my own story is, is that Ghostbusters can have these multiple, you know, these multiple settings. And he said that was one of the main reasons he didn't want to do it in New York city is again, to give, he's like, I'd love to see Ghostbusters stories in, in Iceland and France and, you know, all over the world yeah. um, and, and over different timelines. Um, so, but th- so the one thing though, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump right into something uh, Cause I want to, I want to get your point on this. So to just to kind of start bearing into the movie. So going with that, that statement from Jason Reitman that he, you know, he really wants Ghostbusters to feel like it can exist anywhere. The one thing though, to me, that's uh, an essential ingredient to the Ghostbusters um, is the existence of the firehouse and i don't think again so what i want to say is like i don't think you literally need the firehouse in lower manhattan to have a ghostbuster story but what i felt like the reason i love the firehouse is in is what it produces in the first two movies um and again even an answer the call because they do have like a they have a an hq it creates that space where the where the team gathers right it's the home base right it's the millennium falcon mm-hmm. it's the you know um it's whatever else <laughs> fills in those roles, right? I said to Joe uh, a few days ago, I was like, you know, I love the firehouse because it's basically just a big kid's treehouse. You know, it's the clubhouse. It's yeah. where everybody yeah. hangs out and and those relationships are solidified and and they do their investigating. And I felt like in afterlife, right? Like there's obviously no firehouse, but I would say that the Spangler Farm is the firehouse, right? It, it mm-hmm. fills that role of this is home base. This is our treehouse experience, if you will. Um, do, did you feel that vibe at all with the, the Spangler Farm?
1: I did, yeah. I I actually was gonna say like they traded the firehouse for the farmhouse, right? Like that's It, it is very much, um, especially once everybody's sort of in on it in in the third act of the movie. Um, like as that begins, as like like as as uh uh the Carrie Coon's character goes down there, and it's and and we start to 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 really like discover um I uh, what's going on and that sort of thing, and and. Uh, so it it, it did it did it did work for me in that way there were I think I think for me the biggest thing with this one is that that actually really similarly to the original and I think it's so hard because we've lived with the original our entire lives and grown up with it and the cartoon is so indelible and it's just like like there are so many things about the original Ghostbusters. It's just iconic, right? The firehouse, the Ecto-1, the proton packs, Slimer in New York. Like all of these things are just like so etched into our our I mean, like I was saying last night recording with Amanda. It's like this is this is stuff that's like it's it's imprinted on my soul, like on my very being. <laughs> like I don't remember the first time I watched Ghostbusters. There are two things that I have been a fan of Literally my entire life. Like I don't. I there is no moment where like there's no spark of like, and then I fell in love with Ghostbusters or and then I fell in love with the Ninja Turtles. They've just always been there. They yeah. are they are a part of me. It's like I can tell you the story of of how I fell in love with Star Wars or the first time I watched Star Trek: The Next Generation with my dad or the story of uh, you know Indiana Jones or getting into Marvel stuff with Spider Man and and the X Men with the 90s cartoons and stuff but but they like ghostbusters and ninja turtles are these things that like they are just a part of who i am and i was saying like like the the last few months and reflecting on on ghostbusters watching it with Kara, we watched it on halloween night um uh, and just kind of like like getting ready for afterlife and re- coming to the realization of like oh Oh, this is my favorite movie. Like, cause I don't usually like, I am if somebody asked me that, I'm like, I don't know. I can't pick. I've got a lot of favorite movies, star Wars. Uh, I love the Marvel stuff. I love Indiana Jones. Like I lo- I'm surrounded by geeky stuff all the time. Picking one thing over anything else seems, seems unfair. But then it was sort of this realization, especially after experiencing this movie of going like, Oh, wait a second. Like this is this is my comfort movie. It's my go to. It's one of those things where like, if I I said to Amanda last night, if somebody walks up to me, I don't care what time of day, what day of the week, what time of year, it doesn't matter. uh, What else I've got going on? If somebody walks up to me and says, "Do you want to watch Ghostbusters?" (laughs) The answer is always going to be yes, even if I watched it yesterday. I the answer is still yes. Yeah, because it's always always good in my opinion. So it's like this stuff it's like it's like baked in, right?
0: That's a good. So it's
1: hard to it's it's hard to peel that back and go and step back and remember that it is just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and like this one, like this is just a movie. It's I, it obviously takes on more meaning cuz we put meaning into it. But um the first movie, they don't start there, right? It's it's revealed to us as we go. It's like, "Oh, these guys are friends." And yeah. it's like, it's like, like Ernie Hudson doesn't show up until like halfway through the movie, right? Right. But is he a Ghostbuster? Like, cause I always hate it when people are like the original three Ghostbusters. Cause I'm always like, uh, no, there are four original Ghostbusters. I don't yeah. care how the movie starts, there are four original Ghostbusters. Winston is, he's the soul of the Ghostbusters, you guys. Like, it's, you, you, you don't, you can't. You can't have the Ghostbusters without Winston. I I so I always hate it when, when when people say stuff like that. But it's like but the Ghostbusters the the what becomes iconic about it, what what we vibe with in the cartoon and 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 the the second movie and and honestly the stuff that felt like it was kind of missing from from 2016, it it is actually sort of like it's layered on as the movie goes and one of the things that I really like about Afterlife is that it it did the same thing right mm-hmm. we start with the great opening with with uh i i mean like it's it's sort of treated as like is that egon maybe it's not like but it's obviously it's egon right we know
0: well, and it's also quite terrifying like i think i would yeah it's actually scary yeah you mentioned before we started recording you know how, how your daughter Kara said that like it was the scariest ghostbusters movie and yeah hits the ground running with that with egon For literally sure. running from the the century terror dog,
1: you know, and 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 dying, right? I mean, like the movie dying, literally yeah. opens with him dying, but it is also this really hopeful moment of like when the PKE meter starts to open up, and you're like, oh, a new ghost. It's, it it's Emma <laughs> ghost, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. so fantastic, so well done. Yeah. Um. But and and then we get introduced to our leads, right? And and uh, uh we sort of reveal the, like them and their family dynamic, and then we reveal Somerville right hey, and then um, we like we we sort we add these layers and it's not until part way through the movie that you realize that like oh the farmhouse is the firehouse right because yeah, yeah. you're kind of you are kind of waiting for that stuff of like where where are they gonna like where's what's their clubhouse gonna be and then you get the great suit up scene yeah and it's just like it, like you're just like let's go like like once the ecto is up and running and uh and and and, and like, we know the plan and they go down there and she's like, this is his life's work. And they're like, the, the, yeah, it is a pretty detailed model. And she's like, no, you idiots.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, well, really quick, because uh, I, I just kind of want to get this in there before we get into more of the plot stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, the comment you made about how, you know, if somebody ever asks you, do you want to watch Ghostbusters, whether you'd watched it an hour previous, right? You'll put it back on. Uh, the, it's so funny because it, it, in a very interestingly meta way, for Joe and I, Ghostbusters, the movie itself, both of them, is kind of our own little firehouse because, you know, Joe lives in New York City. I live in Boston and, you know, regularly throughout the week, because we both primarily work from home at this point, you know, even while we're just doing work on our computers, we'll throw a, the Ghostbusters, one of the Ghostbusters movies on and just hang out on Discord as we're like working, watching and working and you know th- that movie itself um it's a buddy film like it's a thing that you can enjoy with your buddy because it's about buddies <laughs> you know um yeah. very a very specific type of group of buddies but i think that's what what works so well with that movie is it's it's a great movie to hang out to um but this one has a different feeling from that t- to me and that's not it's not an indictment of it it's just um it it's a totally different kind of story kind of like you said mike right at the beginning is you know, if you go into this expecting expecting certain things, right? Uh, I think you could be possibly disappointed um, yeah. because it's it's really in an interesting way. the 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 third movie does start with Egon, but Egon's Egon can't finish his work, so he leaves it to us. You know, his family is us. I would argue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and Phoebe. By the way, can we talk about Phoebe right now? Like, I just, McKenna yeah. Grace is, um, I was watching a reviewer and I can't remember which reviewer it was, but I loved, he goes, he goes, you know, and, uh, McKenna Grace has st- stated recently that she'll be taking a break from movie making for a while due to incredible, um, back pain from carrying the whole movie on her shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. And and I don't yeah. think they were indicting other folks, but she's just so damn no, good. she
1: she she's undeniable. Like, yeah. like that's the thing is that like every scene that she's in. Look, i it's a tall order for any actor of any age in any era to hold a candle to any of the four original Ghostbusters. Right. But certainly like like Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, I think give the standout performances in in the first movie. I think that like Bill Murray, obviously being the the face of the Ghostbusters and really like sort of the the um, the driving force behind so much of, of of what makes that first movie great. But Harold Ramis's performance is one of those things that that like it it really sells this world because you believe. If if this guy believes in it, if this guy, this Egon Spengler guy, if he believes in it, then it must be real. Mm. Right. Because he's yeah. a, like like yeah. uh, Venkman says he's a scientist, but we can all kind of tell that he's more of a he's more of a con man. Right. And I yes. the, uh, the, the the dean even says that it's like, yeah. you know, you treat it like some sort of a. Some sort of a, a, a ah, con, sure. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah Dodger hustle. Yeah. yeah, and but and, and then Ray is like he's Ray's willing to believe anything because he just wants to to see the wonder in the world, right? He's just a kid.
0: Hey, which hey, is Ray, the you great were even back? About Ray. Never met okay. it. <laughs> <was. laughs> Sorry, uh,
1: but but Egon is like the hard scientist, right? And the way that that harold ramis delivered that to us was by making him this like sort of off-kilter weird like oddly stoic character um like stoic not in like I not in like a like a jedi sort of like a stalwart knight sort of a way but stoic in like a in like a cold emotionless i collect spores molds and fungus kind of way right <laughs> Yeah, and so like for for McKenna Grace to come in and to match that, and in some places even I think like 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 to plus it like to not not that she's like not saying like oh she's better than Harold Ramis was at that it's that I think that she like as a as a kid as a child yeah. playing a 12 year old character i don't know how old she actually was when she played the character but i like, think
0: i think she was 12 herself because she just turned yeah. 15 and that movie okay. was filmed i think in like 2018
1: yeah so um so like for her to come in at that age to have really studied harold ramus's performance and to bring us that character who is the uh, i i I mean, like he is the character that's missing from this movie for the most part. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But to give us another performance, really like like Harold Ramis working through her uh, to give us this performance and then to also like add on these couple of extra things like the like the jokes and stuff like that, where it's like like, like he added this this extra level of humanity to Egon that yeah. wasn't in the first movie that there's a, there are hints of it in the second movie, but it wasn't in the first one. Um, well, yeah, That
0: makes me, I, you know, Mike, I was wondering why, why can't you trust Adams? <laughs> why? I, I don't know why. Cause they make up everything. It's so good, <laughs> She's so it's good in so her good. delivery, but you know, one of the, the, there's a moment in, in afterlife where she actually, she really does. Um, and I, I, I want to have, we should probably have this bit of a nuanced conversation of, right. She's not just, she's not, just trying to replicate Egon. Right. Cause I think it's important yeah. that like, I think for some people in big movie franchises, when we talk about legacy, we, we want just 2.0, right? Like Ray was yeah. supposed to be Luke 2.0 and Finn was supposed to be, you know, Han 2.0. It's like, no, 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 they're their own characters. Like they, yeah. they can, they can follow the archetype, but still be their own thing. But, but there's a great moment for I love after Callie comes to get them out of prison and the you know, the sheriff is like he's going to keep all the equipment and she immediately grabs the neutrona wand and points it at him. It immediately reminded me of when uh, Walter Peck after the mm-hmm. firehouse is blown up and he's like, you know, officers, I want these men arrested. And Egon goes, your mother and just uh, physically attacks him. It's like, yeah. yes, like these are the you know, they're the brain people. They're not supposed to be the emotional ones. But the thing is, is. What what we learn about Phoebe in this movie, and and I really think she's meant to be, um, a young person who's somewhere on the spectrum, right? Like that that understands yep. emotion in a different way. And she, I mean, she literally says that to podcast, you know, um, you know, I I experience emotions differently, I, I acknowledge them differently, but inside I'm vomiting, right? Which is yeah. when he brings up about you know Callie, Kelly uh, and Mister Guberson getting together, um, yeah, but you know she's got like. When that emotion comes out, they care so intensely that it, it really can explode out. And I feel like that's what happens with Egon in that moment in the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Exa- Phoebe knows what's at stake now. She's she's rationalized it. She's seen it with her own eyes. It makes sense to her. She understands what her grandfather was about and she wants to finish that work. So if this is somebody who's standing in the way and she just springs into action. Um, yeah. And I just absolutely love that.
1: Well, I, it, it, it makes the moment her performance throughout the movie makes the moment when after after they come home from the jail and, and and her and and her mom are having the argument um, and and she says she like she just confronts her and just goes, why didn't you tell me that my grandfather was Egon Spengler? Because there's like they 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 I uh, sort of hinted at it earlier uh, when when uh, Callie's on the date with 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 uh, uh, Mr. Gruberson of like like I sh- I I can't get in like I don't I can't relate to her like I don't understand that like that's why their dad left and it's like it's just this this disconnection with her I can't communicate with her and then you get that like fulfilled in in that comment that she makes of like, why didn't you tell me that my grandfather was Egon Spengler? Cause it's this, it's this moment of her saying like, there was, there's an explanation for why I am the way that I am. Right. Like you can, you get like sort of, you get this grief of like, I never got the opportunity to know this person who was, who I am like, like that I could have related to like a family member that, that I could have actually had a connection with. Um, and, and also like, sort of like, like wanting an answer for like, you like I said, like, why, why am I the way that I am? Why, why am I like this? Why does my brain work differently? And that sort of thing, just sort of like this, this, um, this search for identity and just somebody to understand her. Right. Yeah. And you get all of that. And she, she delivers all of that. It hits so hard. It's so good. Um, And to me, like that, it's one of it's one of the best things that the movie does because it really puts a voice to, I I think uh, a a lot of folks who who are dealing with those emotions, people who are on the spectrum or uh, have other sort of you know like uh, 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 atypical uh, uh, neurology, right? That that like like they just they everybody it doesn't matter atypical neurotypical I don't it doesn't matter. Everybody just wants to be understood. Right. Mm -hmm. And that it's, that is such a, a, an interesting um, core ideal of the Ghostbusters that I never really thought of in the original movies, but, but it is there like that is there with the Ghostbusters of like Egon and Ray, especially it's like, they, they just want people to believe Right. Like they yeah. just they just want even even vankman doesn't really he doesn't really believe this stuff. He's just he's just hooked up with these guys because what what's the best science for for uh, for a hustle? It's the one that can't be disproven. right? I uh, so he gets into this psychic experimentation stuff. Right. Um, but but for them, it's like it's a real thing. And. Uh, and and through the course of the movie it's like a validation of that and and to take that sort of idea and to actually like bake it into the core of a character and to to express it in this emotional way
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and to and and honestly like to give a lot of kids out there a, a character that they can relate to in a movie uh, in that way I, I think is is such a great thing and 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 it's it is what's going to make this movie stand the test of time. Where, like, like ultimately, at the end of the day, that, for me, is the what the 2016 movie lacks. It's a fun movie. There's a lot of good jokes in it. The special effects are amazing. Like, the visual component of that movie is off-the-wall good, right? But there isn't really a heart or soul to that movie. And I think that that's the reason why, like, it came out. Everybody said that they liked it. And then everybody forgot about it like everybody just kind of went on with their lives and even Sony and, and, uh, and everybody associated with this movie can just go on and go like, yep, this is the third Ghostbusters movie. And it's like, there is act there's another one though. You guys, this is actually the fourth time you guys have put out a movie with Ghostbusters in the title.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because even, even the, the, the Ghostbusters social media, like the official social media mm -hmm. stuff, the, the, the review snippets they're sharing, is uh, well, a couple of them have been the Ghostbusters movie we've been waiting for. And that's to me like that's a tricky statement, right? Because then it immediately yeah. says that this wasn't that right. The 2016 was not that. And, you know, there are obviously a lot of toxic people out there. The reason that right from the get go wasn't that was because it was for women. Right. And and we yeah. got to we got to call those bros for what they are, <laughs> you know, totally <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. but but you're absolutely right. I mean, I, when I finally watched the movie, I didn't see it when it came out. I finally watched it because actually the, the college campus that they filmed it on uh, is the college campus I worked at. So it was really cool. I actually watched it on campus. I was like, Oh my gosh, they filmed this right upstairs, right above me. Um, so that was really cool. And a lot of the movie was filmed in Boston. So I, I, I loved that part of it. Um, but when it, when it ended, it was kind of, that's exactly what I thought, Joe or Mike, sorry, gosh, <laughs> um, it was, it was like, yeah, where was the heart to this? You know yeah. um, it felt like it, it, you know, cause like I love so many of those 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 uh, those actors like you know it's it's almost the same team as that Dead Bridesmaid and I I love bridesmaids, um, yeah. but even that movie seemed to have a little bit more heart and I think the the difference between that and this is because of who made it right. Jason Reitman has been very upfront like. I've been thinking about this movie for years I kind of like you Mike he grew up with Ghostbusters it was always yeah. part of his life right and he was he grew up being on the set of both films I mean he has a cameo in both movies um and you know so for him he he's constantly even before the movie came out talked about how this was a love letter to his father and to the fans right so right from the get-go you knew this story was gonna have tremendous heart and emotion to it yeah Um, and like you said, that's, what's going to make this stand the test of time. And
1: he also, he also, he he said in an interview recently that like, this is the last movie he ever wanted to make. Right. He, he spent, he spent so much of his career, um, trying to get out from, from underneath this specific shadow. Um, and, and then had the realization. And I, I think it happened because they were making the 2016 movie. I think because, a Ghostbusters movie was happening, and it was kind of it wasn't the continuation. It was a new thing, and and I think that maybe maybe there was an aspect of it where he saw like, oh, maybe I maybe I missed my chance, right? Um, and then I do think that I do think that Harold Ramis passing was was a, a really big part of it, which is why the the story does end up revolving around that, because um, I think that that was that he he he's talked about that like there there were a couple of things that that compelled him he had this image of the ecto-1 basically like surfing through a field of grain which we get to see in the movie realized right um and he said like he just he had that image and was just like but but it was one of those things of like but what's but that's not a story that's just an image right yep um but then but then i i think it was like it it was it was Harold passing and sort of that that idea uh of of them of them losing the opportunity to ever go back Mm um that that sort of put him on the path to like find the way into this movie and then and once he had the story once he realized that it was like that's what it was about it's not about Gozer it's not about because the original Ghostbusters isn't about that, right? It, like you say, it's a buddy movie. It is the re, the original Ghostbusters movie is actually about these friends going into business mm-hmm. together. And like, that's, that's what it is. Um, and then everything else is just window dressing around that, and and so uh, it's I think it's one of the reasons why everybody connects with it because it's one of those things that we all want, which is just like that group of friends that are willing to <laughs> face down uh, an evil uh, uh, ancient Sumerian god and uh, I you know I, I, I cross the streams and come what may sort of thing, right? Like like I think we all, especially as 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 boys, I think we're we're raised that way of like you know, band of brothers sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and he, and he found this way into this story of like, Oh, this is actually, this is actually about a family. And th- they even say it, I, I, it's like they, they've come to like pick through the rubble of his life, of their, yeah. his, their grandfather's life. And it's like, like it, that's what it was about. It was about this family that's sort of like together, but a little bit like there's this disconnection at the beginning of the movie of like, yeah, they're, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the best time in their lives. They, they, they love each other, but they're not really connected. But then by the end of the movie, you get that sense of like, they've found something, uh, uh in Somerville that, that, that they didn't realize was missing. Right. Um, And so like that, like that's why you tell stories. Like you have to, you have to have a reason there has to be, it can't just be, Hey, this is a franchise that's bankable. Let's make another one. Because when we do that, we end up with Ghostbusters 2016. We, which, which can have a lot of great qualities and yet still be missing something. You end up with the rise of Skywalker, in my opinion, that like it, it, it's just, you end up with kingdom of the crystal skull. Which like I like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think it's a fine movie, but it is kind of, it is kind of them just going like, I guess we'll make another Indiana Jones movie because because we can, and I uh, and it, it just kind of like it, it just kind of misses a little bit on on the heart of those original Indiana Jones films. Um, I don't know, like even even like like because we've got so many of these now to choose from. Jurassic World is another one where it's like. Yeah, but what's Jurassic World about? Like, okay, they 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 genetically modified the dinosaurs. So, I guess that's bad. Is that it? Like is that it because the first Jurassic <laughs> yeah. Park yeah. is about so much. Like like that's a whole podcast unto itself, right? Yeah. I I uh, which we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I um, but I but I I it's it, it like like that the, we're in this era of, of I think like you know, remakes are the cool thing to do, right? And remakes, reboots, revitalizations, whatever. But the ones that have worked the best are the ones that really had something to say and and yeah. really had like a like a heart and a soul to them.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, and,
1: I, yeah,
0: I, I want to address something. um You know, so because I you know I made a comment earlier about. You know how, how the, the social media for the for the movie and stuff is is sharing all these you know snippets of reviews and whenever they're showing the audience they always show the Rotten Tomatoes audience score right because cr- the critics have been quite critical of this movie and I was talking yeah. about this with a friend the other night is, right that their main criticism is oh it's all this fan service first off I feel like critics just get off on saying that now like that's just yeah. their indictment of so much stuff. Um, right? Like I do think Hollywood is starved of originality to a degree right now still, right? Like we're still getting reboots and remakes of things from the eighties and nineties. It's like, yes, I get it. Like we should be getting new things and and we're not rewarding new ideas. So I get that. But at the same time, like, I feel like a lot of them were already out against this movie from the get go. Cause, uh, because it wasn't a continuation of 2016, even though it was never meant to be right. It's like, they're just so ignorant of that reality. So it's like, well, there's a lot of fan service and it's like, not really. There really isn't. You know, the, the things that show up show up for a reason. Why is there a proton yeah. pack? Uh, cause there's ghosts around and that's how you capture them in this world. Oh, why is the Ecto one there? Because it was Egon's car and it's equipped to catch ghosts. You know, like, so all their criticisms are honestly quite stupid, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, I'm never a yeah, fan I- of most critics anyway, cause they, they hate fun things. They only like, you know, <laughs> hoity toity stuff. Um, but that's the thing is, is like, you know, sinking sinking into that idea that you made mike about how these these new when we get these new stories from old franchises they only work when they have something to say and this movie does have something to say and and i think the heart of it is really i mean it's 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 the spangler story you know jason reitman's been very upfront about his favorite ghostbuster has always been egon so this was an opportunity for him to tell a story about egon and his family and what I really enjoy about that is actually, you know, so the, the inspiration of all the Ghostbusters mythology came from Dan Aykroyd's love of the spiritualist movement. Now, having studied a bit of occult religions all the way back in college, I I brushed up a bit on some of my studies on the spiritualist movement, which arose in upstate New York in the mid 19th century. It was this tradition, this religious tradition where folks genuinely believed that they could um have contact with deceased loved ones right like because christianity is the dominant force in much of the world christianity has always just called anything about the afterlife that's not in their milieu evil and of the devil and of demons and, mm-hmm. and that does a huge disservice because people have been trying to c- contact the dead for much of human history because of one simple reason mike it's hard to say goodbye, right? Like, it's not just like, ooh, spooky stuff. Like, and that's what it gets turned into. But one of the primary tenets of the spiritualist tradition is the belief that when people die, their spirit does not. And the spirits of our deceased loved ones sometimes still have things they want to tell us, things that they want to show us, things that they want to remind us that they care of us. Um, and this movie sinks into that kind of that, that religious reality. And, you know, Jason Reitman again was while, while Dan Aykroyd was not an official writer on this film, like he was with the original two with Harold, he was on set, he spoke to, to Jason Reitman a lot. And he was like, every time, you know, Dan Aykroyd would talk to me, I just felt like he was writing like my mythological dialogue for me. Um, Mm -hmm. so. It's really interesting that, like, right? The both Ghostbusters movies, excuse me, the three Ghostbusters movies we've had up to now, the ghosts are always just seen as they're the bad guys, right? But this is the first movie that has a blatantly good ghost, right? Yeah. Egon is there. Egon is sticking around because he still has a message, and it's not just the message. The message isn't just stop Gozer. It's also, hey, Callie, I love you. Hey yeah. Phoebe, I love you. Hey Trevor, which by the way, Trevor is a throwaway character to me. He, I didn't give two shits about that character. <laughs> um, and, no, and no shade on, on on the you know the actor that played him from Stranger Things. He did a fine job. I, it just yeah. he felt like a character they just put in to put in. Um, but uh, you know, like so so that kind of that kind of mythical spirit of Ghostbusters also found its way into here. And that was again, not to keep going back to this, but one of the huge things I felt missing from 2016 was, is they didn't really take source material seriously. It was just kind of a comedy. They made fun of everything. Whereas in the original two movies, they like, they are comedies, but they also create this world building mythology that they take seriously. Uh, and, And we've gone back to that in afterlife. And, you know, so even though Egon dies, he's not going away he's he still has he still has a message to communicate and that was another big thing that jason reitman said that one of his primary reasons he loves egon is is because egon much like himself struggles to communicate and again because of things like phoebe right like this reality that for some people it's hard to communicate feelings and emotions and um you know and that was part of i think the brilliance of not having egon speak at the end um you know he's not there to to say anything, he's there to show you something. Um, yeah. And I think there's such a, a, a simple beauty in that. And he's ultimately there just to show that he, not only does he care about the whole world, right? I mean, he literally left everything to to be the watch the watcher on the on the post, if you will, for the impending end of the world. But. He also wants to tell his family that. I, I, I did this, yes, for the world, but I also did this for you um, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so I I really love that they brought in that element of of the Ghostbuster Ghostbusters mythology as well. Uh and you know Phoebe is you know she she is the scientist. You know she takes great pride in being the scientist. Um and there's that scene early on with her and podcast and which we by the way we got to talk about podcast quickly at some point cuz I I loved podcast. I thought Phoebe and podcast yeah. were wonderful. Um and you know he's he, you know she he's like he goes oh you don't believe in ghosts she's like no and he's like but oh there's all the evidence blah, blah blah right and and she's so rationally just is like well like, you know, kind of, kind of like Ray you, you believe in God I've never met him um, you know and then when she sees one when she sees Muncher she immediately believes because he, here's a funny thing Mike and this is this is something people in our world today don't like sometimes when you're showed facts you kind yeah. of gotta believe them. <laughs> You know, um in yeah. a in a world of fake news, uh there are these things called facts that sometimes people don't like to swallow, but you know what, grow up. Um so you know, Phoebe immediately believes because she experienced something contrary to what she formerly held to be true, right? Um, and that's brilliant. And this is from a 12-year-old. And and I think that's also I mean, that's the wonder of children, is children often are quick to believe in in new things. Um And, you know, to me, Phoebe's emotional arc hit kind of a a climactic moment for me when after they get home from prison and Callie confronts her. I feel like McKenna Grace really, really acts the hell out of this scene where she's like, why didn't you tell me my grandfather was Egon Spangler? Right. Like she gives him a name like he was always just the grandfather that disappeared and she said he was special like me as she starts to cry and yeah. and it's just so beautiful um you know it's it's just this really beautiful moment like like you were saying earlier is like every person she wants to be seen and 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 respected for who she is and through this interaction with the ghost of her grandfather she has found that and she doesn't get why her mother can't accept that
1: well, and 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 what what Callie doesn't understand in that moment is that like like and she says she says it almost like like out of spite like I'm really I'm really happy that you found yourself here mm-hmm. right not really understanding what she's saying in in that moment and and one of the things that I really loved is that this is not a movie about a bunch of adults this is a movie about a bunch of children uh it, it's specifically. Uh, like obviously uh, uh, Phoebe and podcast and, and uh, Trevor and uh, and Lucky being like the new Ghostbusters, the four of them being the new Ghostbusters. But even our two adult characters, uh, Callie and, and Gary Gruberson, they are in Arrested Development, right? Like they're both still teenagers. Uh, they, they are not mature adults. Um, and I think like that was a very specific choice of like, hey, um, the reason why the kids are going to have to, handle this is because the adults in their lives aren't equipped to handle it right like it's it's a very specific pointed moment um and and she she's saying like like i'm really happy that you found yourself but and she sort of expresses like i hate my father like he he everything that he stood for everything that he was i dislike and phoebe's sitting there going like that's me like you when you say that when you say that you hate him, you're saying that you hate me and that's mm-hmm. why we have this wall between us because you see you like like whether you know it or not like you see him in me right like and so there, there's that there, like that that rift between them that that is healed by the end of the movie that like that 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 she, uh, realizes that that isn't like, like, like when she, it's all part of like her realizing that her father actually did love her and, and all of that stuff. So there, that's part of it. But then there's also like this embracing of who Phoebe is. At the end of the movie when phoebe is, like when you've got the harry potter moment of gozer shooting the uh the 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 energy beams or whatever you know doing the emperor palpatine and <laughs> uh and and phoebe's got the, the 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 proton pack and 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 they're they're fighting and like there isn't like a logical reason for for it to like kind of play out the way that it does in the beginning of like where she's like come on phoebe come on phoebe and it's like it is that moment when when Egon's hand clasps the 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 neutrona wand with Phoebe and and the two of them come together, um, that it's like this. There there's like this revelation of like that is like they're the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 this sort of acknowledgement of it, and uh, and and then and then everybody joins in, and the rest of the Ghostbusters, and uh, you know the rest of the movie plays out the way that it does, but but. There, it's it's so easy for them to have just done that moment and had it only mean the literal thing of like oh, the ghost of Egon Spengler showed up to save the day. And it's like no, that's not what happened actually. like Phoebe saved the day. Phoebe brought the family together. she brought like like her newfound family of like with with, uh, with podcast and even with Mr. Gruberson and, <laughs> and that sort of thing all together in this like she uncovered, the mystery and, 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 you know, I, uh, I uh, is going to fulfill uh, the, the, the sort of the, the last actions of Egon. He's not there as a MacGuffin to save the day. He doesn't actually like it is, it's Phoebe, not like standing her ground and not giving up. It's uh, it is Trevor having his moment. I uh of, of seeing the uh, the 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 capacitor and, and like having that Eureka moment uh, uh, and even podcast <laughs> yep. defeating single handedly defeating a manifestation of Gozer <laughs> I, I and and Callie like like hit, hitting the trap right like they come together at the end of the movie and the Ghostbusters are there but the great thing is that the Ghostbusters don't actually do anything right like like it is a handoff it's a it's a perfect handoff and it's actually very similar to the Force awakens in the way that like <clears throat> Han is there. Han doesn't really do anything in the Force awakens at the end of the movie he gets them to to Star killer base right like that's his contribution and then and then the moment where he's like, my friend here has a bag full of bombs uh, <laughs> like like he like he he does contribute but like not directly it is it is absolutely. Ray and Finn that have to like, they're the ones who, and, and, and Poe and, and, and the resistance who have to, they have to defeat the first order. Right. And it's very similar where it's like, no, like these, these kids, this family, they're the ones who have to have to fulfill this, this promise in a way, right. Yeah. Like of, of well, defending the world against Gozer and, the, and to finish what the Ghostbusters started.
0: I think the, um, uh, I think probably the most impactful moment, to me still probably in the sequel trilogy comes from force awakens when that skywalker saber flies past kylo into ray's hand right yeah. You get that shot of her standing there holding this blade i loved how there's it's almost a mirror of that when gozer is about to blast the og ghostbusters and then she gets blasted from behind and then you get that beautiful shot of phoebe standing there with the proton pack on her own yeah. and uh, q bobby brown's on her own um and uh and then then that's when egon you know shows up um yeah i mean it's it it's done so well um and uh c- can we can we quickly talk about uh paul rudd's mr gruberson gary Guberson, gruberson gruberson yeah, absolutely uh, paul rudd is so, my favorite moment it, it, this is just a paul rudd thing when he's walking into walmart into the ice cream section just his goofy little strut there i mean that's also it's, animal, it's, like <laughs> It's it's that it's that there
1: is music playing in his head that yep. we are not privy to. Yep. He is absolutely <laughs> strutting to a song. <laughs> I It's so good because it's such an awkward moment. And it's the beginning of the realization in the movie that like, because I think up until that point, we're going like, oh, he's the new Vankman. He's a scientist, but he's also kind of got this hustle where he's teaching like these kids. And it's like, but that's the that moment especially like he picks up the thing and goes jamoka and i'm like <laughs> he's not venkman
0: yeah he's not he's, he's lewis tully yes <laughs> he's he, been no. lewis
1: tully this whole time
0: and he talked a lot I, him, uh, in some of the interviews about how much he loves rick moranis and and rick yeah. moranis's character of lewis um yeah it's it is and I, so- I love i love late later on when he's
1: when he becomes the 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 key master <clears throat> i i at uh, Vince clortho and I've heard a couple of criticizations of, like, oh, he's just doing a Rick Moranis impersonation. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's playing that character. Yeah. Because Vince Clortho is a different character from Lewis Tully. Yep. And Rick Moranis had to play both of those characters. And yes, there's yep. a lot of Rick Moranis in Vince Clortho. But. But I love that, like, they kept that as well as on the other side of it. Carrie Coon had to she she channeled Sigourney Weaver. And like when she does the breathing thing in the chair oh, and I was just go. like, yeah. oh, my God, this is so good. And she shows up and her hair is all 80s and yeah. She's got the dress on and you're like this. Oh, oh, those things. Those weren't aspects of Lewis or Dana. Those yes, that's like
0: that's Zool Zool and and
1: Vince Clortho are characters now. Like Like, they have a distinct personality. And I, I I just thought that that was such a stroke of brilliance. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure that that's right there in the screenplay. Right. And it's something that like, it is something that you only get, With Jason Reitman just spending his entire life thinking about this, yeah, and thinking about like in the same way that we do as fans. Well, if I were gonna tell a story in this world, this is what I would do, and these are some fun things that I've thought about. And like he gets that opportunity to 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 realize those things, right? I love it. I yeah, Paul Rudd just like he he would steal every scene that he's in except that he has the misfortune of sharing scenes with McKenna Grace who just yep. absolutely railroads him just yeah. steamrolls him yeah. with her well, performance it's fun uh, in the best way possible
0: when i taught high school years ago i would teach summer school during the summers cuz it was just you know some extra pay and i i never taught a class that i was actually like like i i taught theology during the school year but they always needed like an English teacher to to fill in for the summer, summer school. So I would yeah. always teach English during the summer and it was very, very basic. I literally would just show the dark Knight trilogy throughout the summer school program and then have them write an- analysis of character development between the three movies. Um, and, uh, but I like So as soon as he rolls in that, that VHS crate and, and puts on yeah. Kaiju and then, and then we see him playing child's play later. Kujo. C- 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 Kujo. Thank Cujo. you. Um, you know, it's so funny. And, yeah. What's interesting about him is, is he's so he's such a like he's so interested And this is the thing is I wish we got a little bit more backstory about him. Like, is he does he just live in Somerville um, or did he come there because he's scientifically curious about why is this town with no fault lines, no, you know, tectonic plates? Why is it shaking on a daily basis? Like so some I, I just feel like he was drawn to this town. And again, we don't get that. We don't get that sense of his backstory. Um but in an interesting way, uh, he serves as the the one who opens the kid's eyes to the Ghostbusters. Like Kelly, you know, when Kelly brings the trap in, her and podcast are like, "Wow, this is so cool!" But neither of them have had any clue what this is, right? And then Mr. Gruberson comes over and he's like, "Sweet replica, replica of what? A ghost trap?" And and I love when and he turns to podcast. He goes, "I'm surprised you don't know. I'm ashamed." <laughs> <You> know? Yeah. <laughs> that um, uh, what is the actor's name? Um kim uh what is his first name logan kim logan kim is yeah. also wonderful in this movie um and uh oh, they,
1: they 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 hit it out of the park with the casting oh, so in this yes. movie yes i uh, especially with the two of them which like they, they carry the movie right the, the the two of like they are they are the leads of the film so they had to be perfect yeah. and that character podcast could so easily be an annoying character and in other movies he is but but yeah sorry what you said his name just a second ago logan can uh, logan kim, kim. kim. That, yeah, logan kim. kim. Yeah. he's got a charm and there's a physicality in his performance where you're just like i know i should hate this kid but I actually just love him. Like, I just love him. I like, you just want to be, you just yeah. want him to be your little buddy. Well, this and scene... uh, he's a perfect sidekick. He just, and, and I think that he knew that. I think that he, he owned that role of like, yeah, I'm the sidekick. That's, and that's an honor, not a, right. not a a, 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 put down. Right. Yeah. Like, like Batman is no one without Robin. Right. Yeah. And Robin is just as important, but he is a sidekick and right. that's okay. Right. Right.
0: Um. But the, yeah, the yeah. scene when, Um, they're going there, he's walking to her home essentially. And he asks her to be his lab partner. It's, it's this really sweet moment. Cause, and again, this to me, so just to point out a little nitpick I have again, I don't, I wish Jason Reitman had done a little bit more story building in this element. Like Phoebe's supposed to, you know, there's that, there's a scene in one of the trailers that obviously got cut out before the movie came out where she's clearly getting bullied during summer school, right? Like kids throw Mm -hmm. a bunch of like nachos on her or something. Um, it's pretty clear that podcast is also an outcast character. I wish they had just included one of those scenes, not because I want to see kids get bullied, but again, it's just, it's helpful to just see how low they are. Like how, how, yeah. how the others do instead of the stupid mini puff scene that literally adds nothing to the movie. I'm sorry. I just, I, mm-hmm. that scene is so throwaway to me and it's literally a throwaway scene. Um, so it's like, give us that one scene where like podcast and, and Phoebe are getting picked on by the other kids. Um. But again, we pick up on that just by conjecture. Um, But when she, you know, he walks her home and asks to be her lab partner. And then a little bit later, when, you know, Trevor breaks out onto the road with the Ecto-1, she's like, this is my, my friend. And, you know, like, she's so happy to say that. Like, it's just so, they're so adorable together. Um, And yeah, their chemistry is perfect. And he is the perfect sidekick. Uh, You know, (laughs) I just love it. Um, but, uh, something just, you mentioned, or you were talking earlier about how, how well, um, Carrie Coon plays the part of Zool as well as Callie and that scene when they walk in and she is sitting in that chair, panting, just like, you know, Sigourney Weaver did it in, in 1984. Uh, th- so, here's a bit of personal info, Mike. The first time I ever had a physical crush on somebody was the was when I first saw the first Ghostbusters movie. I thought Sigourney Weaver, when she becomes Zool, was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. I, <laughs> I was probably like seven or eight years old. It's the first time sure. I remember, like, as a young person, like, actively being like, "Wow, I like this woman is beautiful." Like, and she became like yeah. my ideal woman. So I actually really liked that scene when she kind of like comes on to podcasts and she's like, are you the gatekeeper and strokes his chin? Cause I was like, man, I was yeah. basically his age. I would have loved that. And you know, <laughs> <how> podcast <laughs> refers to her as getting quote humpy. <laughs> yeah. So funny.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think, I think one of the things that is, is funny. You, you hit on something that I think is, is one of the main reasons why this movie works for me so well is that um it, it's a, uh, and I think Jason Reitman, I think this was absolutely the intent. I hope that there's a, I, I hope for two things, an extended edition with all of those cut scenes. Cause we yes. know that there's a lot. Yeah. And I definitely, I want more of, of uh, Evo Shandor. You know, that there's uh, more, you yeah. know, that JK Simmons gave him more than that. Yeah. I, uh, which what a, what a phenomenal cameo, by the way, I, I, I want that extended edition and I want a director's commentary so bad. Ugh, um, yes. Yes, because I want I just want to have all of this stuff confirmed of like these these feelings that I have for this. But I I love that like there's a reason why this movie is about kids becoming Ghostbusters um and and Jason Reitman being the one who made the movie confirms this for me like this is this is absolutely wish fulfillment on his part and and it connects with us because we were kids when we experienced Ghostbusters. Yeah. So it works and it's so perfect because it also it also works in the sense of Kara gets to go see this and she gets to see McKenna Grace grab a proton pack and be the Ghostbuster in this movie, right? Um and and like but but we're also doing that cuz we're also experiencing this through the eyes of our inner child going like, Oh man, I, like this is what I wanted. Yeah. This is what I want, yeah. what I dreamed of when I was a kid. That's why I came out of the movie and I tweeted Ghostbusters. Afterlife was a dream come true in every mm-hmm. sense of the word, like in, in every way that I wanted it to be. Um, and even, even Gary Gruberson's character is he, it's funny. Cause like he managed to do both where he gave us the kids to relate to of like oh finn gets to drive the the ecto-1 uh mckenna gets to use the the proton pack right like the ghost trap all of that stuff is in there with the kids but then there's also gary gruberson who's like who's like oh man the ghostbusters like i i, I loved the ghostbusters when i was a kid <laughs> yeah. and it's like because he's us as well so right. we well, get to see it from both our perspectives
0: yeah 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 i mean yeah. he's a little bit older than you and i Mike, but i i yeah. a little bit but but, uh, but yeah but I mean,
1: but for ca- like character purposes he he work he fulfills that same purpose right yeah exactly it's, and
0: yeah. and that's what i love about what his character is is he's the one who opens their world and it's funny because in one aspect you're like oh my gosh what a terrible teacher he just shows ridiculous movies but at the same time it's summer school <laughs> and but he what i Beck think those of po- us who
1: have taught teenagers can relate
0: yep <laughs> yep and i think the <laughs> i thing, definitely relate well and i feel like the the mark of actually why he's a great teacher is because of the way he takes phoebe and podcast in and and yeah. shows them these superheroes you know it, like his own superheroes it, and he you know he refers to he said you know it was a team of physicists which is interesting that they he chose to write the line physicists because they're none of them have a degree in physics i mean Maybe they got them later on, but you know, when they show up, they're actually psychologists and parapsychologists. Although I guess to be fair, we only ever hear directly what Peter Vankman's degrees are in. We don't actually hear what Egon's and Rays are in. Um, You know, Peter has the scene where he tells Walter Peck that's, that's what his degrees are in. But um, that said though, right? Like it's so cool because for Gary Gruberson, these guys are heroes because they're just, and, and I think this is why, Indelibly why the Ghostbusters are such a powerfully great story is they are literally just everyday folks who just are really passionate about knowledge and learning and that 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 passion and drive for learning saves the world. Right. I think that's what makes them incredibly powerful characters but also really relatable characters they're not super strong they don't have super speed they don't have the force (laughs) you know they're just everyday people whose primary primary if you want to call it power comes from just the 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 thirst of curiosity um and that's who Phoebe is right that's who podcast is i mean i love the way podcast is set up as in a and again like i don't i don't mean to say that he's the carbon copy but he is the spiritual embodiment of Ray stance insofar as he loves conspiracy theories. He loves, you know, the things that exist that they don't tell you about. You know, that's 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 who the 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 original Ghostbusters kind of represented was they believed in the things that you weren't supposed to believe in. Um they tested the things you weren't supposed to test. Uh and uh you know they they believe that there's a world that exists um, you know, as Peter Vankman says in the court scene in Ghostbusters Two, there are things out there that you know other people don't want to know about. That's where we come in, <laughs> you know. And and I love how podcast he kind of brings that energy to it as well. Um, so in a, in an interesting way, and I'm curious if you you agree with this, Mike? It, you know, Phoebe and podcast do have a similar chemistry to Ray and Egon. Again, not carbon copies, but kind of yeah. that that you know, podcast is he he's he's quirky and outgoing where she is much more shy and introverted, but he really believes things. And Phoebe will believe when she sees type of a thing, you know, it just, I feel like they, they really kind of embody those energies really well.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's almost like we get to see through these two new characters, how, how it would have been when Ray and Egon first met.
0: Right. Uh Like that, like
1: it's, it is sort of like, like a, like a, they they are those characters reborn and and they acknowledge it directly in the movie at the end when i when when uh, podcast tells ray about the podcast and yeah. and he's like oh you're you're mysteries of the whatever and yeah. he's, he's like I, I and he's like you're my subscriber <laughs> and then they and then they echo the line from before he's like yeah. it really finds its voice in episode 46 <laughs> um what a missed opportunity that like podcast podcast does not exist i know um, like- <laughs> what a missed opportunity because i would listen to it but uh, I, i'd start at I,
0: episode 46.
1: Well, you know, if, if, I mean, yeah, I don't know that you can put out an entire podcast and pretend like it's always existed, but I, uh, <laughs> if they just released episode 46, I would be happy. Oh, that'd be so funny. Uh, so yeah. uh, let's hope, let's, let's, let's hope for the, for the Blu-ray release that podcast podcast episode 46 uh, is, uh, you know, is, if, I
0: can't remember. what If the if, the if we do end up but, getting a, uh, uh, an extended edition of this, when it comes out for home release, Mike, we can, we can do a new episode about this and just call it episode 46. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm down i'm down maybe we'll maybe we'll, we'll do it at night when when joe uh, yeah yeah, comes yeah. Out we'll of his
0: start record yeah we'll start recording at 11 p.m so um but yeah that said unfortunately i gotta start wrapping this up um yeah but mike i'm so glad we were able to have this conversation i, I i'm totally. going to see the movie again tomorrow night which will probably be the last time i see it in theaters just because i i don't i don't go to the movies a lot um anymore. So I'm hoping it'll be out by home release sometime early next year. I would think it would be. Um, but man, 90
1: I- days seems to be the digital window nowadays. Oh, okay. So, cool. So three months.
0: Very yeah. cool. But yeah I've with you it's you know i again like i I did have some quibbles with it i i we were gonna i was gonna bring them up but you know at the same time like nah I mean i I pretty much shared most of them as it is um yeah.
1: i I, I could have used a needle drop when the spirits all come out of the tomb like like we really needed like a a, a, a good a, a banger of a song yes over that like we get in the original ghostbusters movies I feel like that was missing but honestly for me that's the only piece where I'm like that's they, they 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 whiffed it on that one but i but i also think that it was a choice i think that that was a decision that jason, jason right made. made but um it's just that i would have done that differently right like this this, yeah. this banger right here <laughs> <Please>. bingo <laughs> yeah um it's hard to recapture that though. So I also get him going like, you know what? We're not even going to (laughs) try and making it more cinematic, but but, also
0: real quick too, probably worth mentioning that over the, you know, over the credit scene um, you have McKenna grace's first ever pop single that she recorded and wrote called haunted house. And, uh, I enjoyed it while I was you know listening to it the two times I saw the movie but you know I've been listening to it on Spotify and I'm like these are actually really beautiful lyrics and written by a 12 12 to 14 year old like this is impressive. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean it's, it's a song about loss essentially and it's really beautiful. Um and uh wait real quick Mike before we wrap up though we should just mention um the post credit scene with Winston uh, Winston yes. was always my favorite Ghostbuster as a kid. And I think that was mostly informed by the cartoon, right? Cause he doesn't have as much to do in the two movies, unfortunately. So it, you know, it was definitely very much, he was my favorite cartoon character. And then it just fil- filtered yeah. into my love of the movies, but I love how he, you know, he, he gives us this beautiful statement of like, at the end of the day, you know, all this stuff I've built in my life. I'll always be a ghostbuster. And that's why I want to keep doing it is because of my children. Right. Let's say I'm sure we're. I hope we get to meet Winston's children. Um, And, you know, he really believes in this thing. And I I love the line when he says busting ghosts with the guys taught me not to be afraid that I have the tools and I have the talent. And I just feel like that's a universal statement. We all need to remember, like, don't be afraid of like whatever you feel compelled to do in life, whatever your passion and curiosity leads you to don't be afraid because you've got the yeah. tools and the talent like Winston, yeah. you know, I think you said this earlier, Mike, he is kind of the, he's the soul of the, I mean, according to him to, in, in that scene, he, he was the second, <laughs> the sex I, don't dis, I don't disagree. He looks great <laughs> still yeah. in his six, like mid to late sixties, but he is the soul of the ghostbusters. Um, in yeah. Ernie Hudson, I would also say is the same thing ernie hudson loves being a ghostbuster you yeah. any any of the cons any of the interviews he is the one who loves having played a part in that movie i would say of of all of all of the original folks yeah Some.
1: yeah well and and i it's it's such a it's such a great statement for for the end of the movie and and for the future yeah. moving forward with the ghostbusters but that that idea that like yeah I because I, I relate to that so much and just what I talked about at the beginning that no matter what I've got all this other stuff around me that that I love all these other fandoms but at the end of the day I'll always be a Ghostbuster too like I like I totally relate to that it is like it's the it is one of the first things that I ever wanted to to do I I said this on the podcast last night on the Thundercrack podcast my kindergarten school photo i'm in a ghostbusters jumpsuit like <laughs> I love it's it. like it's it is it is who i am in, in the fiber of my being if 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 you told me to like hey uh proton packs are real ghosts are real and you can open up a ghostbusters franchise i'd drop everything that's what i would do that is what i would do i i i, I in a heartbeat i would go be a ghostbuster
0: that, um joe hogan says the yeah. same thing so just to yeah. shout out to again, to his ghost that couldn't because his body couldn't be here um <laughs>
1: the ghost of joe yeah hogan.
0: but you know yeah. that's so he's here he's actually his
1: his was, hand is over top but, of yeah mine my pke my
0: right meter is going crazy <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know that it's so funny you mentioned that that was your you know one of your earliest school pictures is in the jumpsuit. I guess, technically speaking, my first ever cosplay. So, right, as a kid, like every Halloween, I would always buy a costume until I was probably, I think it was when I was eight years old. I, me and my best friend wanted to go as Ghostbusters. So his mom made us homemade jumpsuits. They weren't store-bought. They were homemade. So nice. Ghostbusters was the first thing that I imagined being and i it, i didn't want it to just be the thing that you grabbed out of you know the local pharmacy or or or, or you know grocery store no storage. it
1: needed to be real
0: it needed to be real exactly <laughs> yeah um and i shared this actually i shared this shared this picture on on our wambuzler social media the other day um as a kid uh growing up me and my cousin were super into ghosts but it's kind of like you mike you got it. i i can't think of a of a genesis moment it was always just there uh where we're in his backyard and he's got the the toy proton pack cuz he, he was lucky. My aunt and uncle were great. Any new toy that came out, he got it right away. If I got it, it was always kind of like digital releases. Apparently usually three months late um, so <laughs> in the picture. He's standing there with his proton pack and I'm holding a like children's rake pretending it's my proton pack, dude. I look way yeah. more intense than my cousin. Like I just, I, I was a ghostbuster. Right. And, and, and i think that's why ghostbusters even though those even those original movies right like the a lot of the comedy is very adult like i didn't get the sexual innuendos as a, as a little kid it didn't matter um but every little kid in some capacity is afraid of ghosts is afraid of that thing in your closet or under your bed and these were stories mm-hmm. about you don't have to be like you can you can capture them you can you have the power yep. over them uh and and i think that that's that's still so true that that message is so true even in afterlife, uh, and it's for a whole new generation. And, and I love that you were able to experience yeah. that with Kara. Um, so awesome.
1: I like lo- it. It is probably the fandom that her and I connect on the most. I, I, which, which means so much to me that, that she actually does connect with it that deeply. She loves Ghostbusters so much. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. I think that's the best possible place for us to wrap it up. I and mean, yeah. Cause I know you got to go
0: yeah i do and and uh but mike this was a blast i'm so glad we had a a chance to to talk about this uh this amazing new ghostbusters movie so uh shall we wrap it up i think so
1: yeah yeah absolutely Uh, yeah. yeah so
0: thank you everybody for joining us for this special uh team up episode of wampas lair and Thunderquack. uh for mike i'm carl and we'll see you next time in all your favorite podcast worlds We'll be
1: Metaphysical fiction is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts or follow us at Thunderquack Pod on Twitter and Thunderquack Podcast on Instagram.